Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for blessing us with your word, the truth. Father, thank you for the people that you have here at this appointed time, including myself. Father, that you would bless us with your word. Thank you for, for going forth before this service, God, opening up the minds, the hearts of the people that you have here. God, may they walk out of here completely changed from when they walked in, having hope in Christ. Not hope in me, not hope in this church, but hope in Christ. Thank you, Father, for blessing them today beyond measure. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, all right, all right. Let's start off in, uh, in Matthew. We've been doing Luke. Here's another little story for you in Matthew, right? Uh, this says, and she will bring forth a son, and he, oh, and you shall call his name? Jesus. Jesus. That name literally means salvation right there, amen? Hey, can we bring up the lights just a little bit, Paul, now? Um, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, Emmanuel which is tra translated God with us. So, so we got to understand that Jesus, is his name means salvation. That's who it is. He came to save. That's what he came to do. There was a problem, though. Save us from what? Yeah, we had, we had a sin issue, amen? So he came as a, as a savior. You, we, you know, we know that, right? Most of the time we take that for granted. We forget what that means. We forget what that's all about. So I want to show you something. He, he had to come from a virgin. Had to. This was prophesied here in Isaiah. Therefore, the Lord himself. The Lord himself, not you and the Lord, the Lord himself will provide, amen, will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name amen. Emmanuel. Did that happen? Yes. yes, yes, it did. This was written way before Matthew was written, amen. Love that. Even God, back in Genesis 3, some people say it was Isaiah. It's Genesis 3. Genesis 3, and I will put energy between you and the woman. He's talking to Satan here, right? And, and, and between your seed and her seed, capital S. The woman does not carry the seed. The man carries the seed. He's prophesying. God is prophesying about a virgin birth here, right? And, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, Satan is a serpent. He's, he's, he's a snake, right? How many of you guys know that you can cut the head off a snake but if you pick up that head, you're an idiot. <laughs> We're just being real, right? <laughs> you're, uh, or, 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 you just don't know. <laughs> I don't get close enough to a snake to cut off his head, right? You just don't know. So, so that's why the Bible there for bruises actually crush, right? He got Jesus on the cross, but Jesus got ultimate victory when he rose from the dead. And he crushed his head. He gave him Ph.D. Permanent head damage. That's what Satan has. Satan has a Ph.D. Permanent head damage, all right? He's a head case. That's why he gets in our heads. We got to reject that, amen? So Satan was able to come in legally because of Adam's sin. God didn't create sin. God didn't, God didn't even want us to know what death was. He didn't want us to know what sickness was. In the garden, everything was perfect. He made the garden and put man in it. He put man in the finished work. We are back there today because of the work of Christ on the cross. We are back in the finished work. In other words, Christ did it all. You can't do anything except say thank you. And the best way to say thank you is to believe that Jesus loves you, to believe that he died for you, and to believe that he rose again. He's alive today. 
We have victory. Sometimes we forget the victory we have. Would you say you do? I know I do, right? But Satan, he came in and legally, because of man and their sin, he legally had a right to him. Because Satan knows the law. He does. His name, Hasatan, is prosecutor at law. He uses God's law against you. The moment you break it, he's there to remind you that you broke it. So let me just tell you that when the Bible says Christ is the end of the law for righteousness, that means that something happened. We were redeemed from that curse. We've been bought back. Amen? We're not under that anymore, that old covenant. But back then, Satan had a legal right to be there. That's why in Isaiah 49, 24, shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the captives. In the original Hebrew, it's, it's, it's legal captives. Legal captives of the righteous be delivered. That's talking about Satan. He had a legal right to people back in the day because the law, the law was broken. Amen? So Satan is behind all the bad things in this world because I don't believe for one second God created us to experience death. I don't, and with all due apologies to insurance companies that always say, unless an act of God, none of that stuff is an act of God. Amen. None of that stuff. A hurricane is not an act of God, right? He doesn't do that. He doesn't destroy. You know why? Because he did that to Jesus. God's not out there doing that stuff. And people say, God brought this hurricane here for, because this city, every city has sin. That doesn't make any sense. Or they have more sin. Oh, now we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna measure sin. Is that what we're supposed to do? No. Sin is sin. There's no felony misdemeanor. Sin is sin. Amen? In God's eyes. So all sin has been paid for by Jesus. And we got to remember that. So Satan is behind all the bad things in this world. That's why if you want to see God's vision of the world, what God does in the world... Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. That's the last thing he did. He said he looked at everything he made and said it was good. Satan came in because of sin, giving the opportunity for him to come in and caused all the madness. That's what happened. So when Jesus came and they said this, right, Matthew 1, 21, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he, he will, he will save his people from their sin. What does it mean? He will save their, what does it mean to save from sin? You ever think about that? What does that mean? Does that mean this? Does that mean that, 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 that we're going to stop sinning? That we're no longer going to sin anymore because we've been saved from it? And if you do, then somehow you disqualify yourself? That's how I was raised. I was raised to think that, yeah, I'm saved, but if there's an unconfessed sin in my life, I may not go to heaven. Anybody else raised that way? No. Does Jesus save you based on your conditional sin, what you do here and there without confessing you're done? No. Remember that illustration if you're driving off a cliff and you got four seconds to get it all out <laughs> or else? Right? Anybody want to live life like that? No, we confess Jesus. We confess Jesus with our mouth. Right? If you confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you're saved. Don't, don't worry about confessing your sin. We all confess our sin one time. That's how we became a believer. But, but man, we don't confess to be forgiven. We are all, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Nobody can take that away from you. 
You can confess your sin, but confess it to be thankful. Thank you that I'm forgiven. But don't get stuck on saying, I'm not, I'm not going to receive something if I don't confess. You've received Jesus. What else do you need? So the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to say all, all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, not a lawgiver, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I love that because good tidings of great joy. If, if, it, if the good tidings of great joy is, hey, Jesus saved you from ever sinning again, we'd all be in trouble. That's not good news. Is it? That ain't good news because we know what's going to happen because we're in this world. So did Jesus save us from ever sinning again? Nope. Right? And I know some of you religious people are like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Some of you religious people are like, what he say? Look, the birth, this birth, Christmas, this birth is all about Jesus saving us from the condemnation, penalty, and judgment of sin. Because of what Christ did, you will never be condemned by God. You will never suffer a penalty for God because Jesus did that for you. And you will never be judged by God as unrighteous in Christ because Christ gave you that righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when he came to save the people from sin, that's what he came to save them from. And they would never be condemned to hell anymore in Christ. They will never be penalized in Christ. They will never have judgment on them because of Christ. When it says he's the savior of the world, it's not that we're never going to sin again. It's that we're never going to have to pay for it because he paid for it. Now, on this earth, there's consequences for our sin. But I believe in my heart, with all my heart, that even in those consequences, God makes all things work for my good, including consequences. So don't let people say, oh, yeah, but there's consequences. Uh, yeah, duh. But it doesn't stop my standing before God. I am righteous. And it's not based on what I do. It's based on my Savior. Amen. Give him a hand. That's a great place to give him a hand. So Luke, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Good tidings of great joy. I mean, he had good news. If you're a Jewish shepherd and you hear that, that someone's there to save you, they knew what it meant. They knew what that meant, that he was going to be their substitution. He's your substitution. See where it says all? doesn't say shepherds. doesn't say Mary, Joseph. Everybody, anybody who believes in Jesus has that birthright. That's a birthright to be able to stand before God justified by the blood of Jesus. Even though we sin, even though we fail, God sees us as righteous because of the blood of Jesus. You have to believe that, church. You have to be confident because Satan will attack you and say, no, that's not the case. It's based on your actions. You tell him to stop reading the Old Testament. He better catch up with the New Testament. We are forever righteous. (laughs) 
You remember this story? You want to talk about religious people? Look, then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. Is adultery against the Ten Commandments? Yep. And, and when they had set her in the midst, I love they tried to put the sin in the middle. They tried to put the sin in the middle, church. That's what people do. They put the, the sin front and center. But look, even in this story, I love it because Jesus takes her place. Jesus becomes the center. But when you're religious, you want to put sin in the center. That's why a lot of churches across this world are always talking about sin, 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 putting sin in the center. I guarantee you, if they put Jesus in the midst, things would be changed. So they put her in the midst. They said, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery, in the very act of adultery. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? And if it's me, just think if you were Jesus, I'd be like, man, I broke that junk, man. Shut up, right? But, but that's our flesh. Jesus always is always at peace, always so smooth. Smooth, man. Smooth. This, they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But see, they didn't care about the woman. They, didn't, they wanted to accuse him. They set him up. Anybody been set up before? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just had a few go through my head. And I was going to, and the guy said, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but, but Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground and with his finger as though he did not hear. He was ignoring them cats. Ignoring them, right? So, but, but you know, when they, they were, they were, he was ignoring them, but they weren't going to have it, right? That even made, that made them even more mad, right? So, so when the finger, don't do that, by the way, to make people mad. I don't think Jesus did that to them to make them mad. I just think he had an agenda, and his agenda took precedent, right? He raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone at her, right? And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning from the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Now they're both in the midst. Now Jesus is with the sinner. The religious people are gone now. Jesus, it's just Jesus in the sinner. Jesus loves sinners. Don't ever forget that. You are a sinner. You sin today. But Jesus loves you. Tell the world. Tell the people that are lost that it's, they're not going to hell, but there's someone that loves them. That'll change their mind. Amen? I ain't trying to yell at you, but dang. What, what we're doing is not working. We've reverted back just like everybody else in history. Let's move forward like Paul did, like, like, like Martin Luther did. We can change this world with this message. You know why? Because that's what it's intended to do. It got hijacked by religion, many religions. Doesn't matter, you name them, it was hijacked. This is the... the, the the main focus of this is Jesus loves sinners. And he's standing in there in the midst of this woman who's probably bawling her eyes out because she thought she was about to die. Can you imagine waiting for that first rock to hit you? And she probably thought, you know what? I deserve this because of what I've done. Felt alone. I mean, they threw her there naked. You watch the movie, she's clothed. That's because they had to keep it legit G. But that's not the case. 
She was caught in the act. You think those brothers said, hey, man, get dressed before we drag you down the street. No. They, when, when people want to point your sin, they will, they will put it out there for everybody to see. They'll exaggerate the sin. And Jesus said, don't exaggerate that sin. I'm going to cover her. And he covered her, right? So when Jesus had raised himself and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those, you say it, church, who accuse you? Who's the accuser of the brethren? Satan, he'll use religion to do that. So, so he said, where, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? So their, their accusations were all condemning. And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Wait a minute. She was just caught in the act. She is a sinner. She broke one of the Ten Commandments. But he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Why would Jesus do that? Why would Jesus do that? Because he knows if we, can, if, if, if we figure it out in our head that, that the condemnation is removed, that gives us the power to go and sin no more. Condemnation keeps you in that sin cycle over and over and over and over again. That's what condemnation does. That's why a pastor at a church preaching condemnation doesn't change anybody. They, it makes them feel bad, but it keeps them in that sin. The moment you start to preach Jesus standing and put the focus on him standing with the sinner, that's where people start to change. Wait a minute. No condemnation? I've sinned. I've sinned, but I know the Bible says there is therefore now. Now, say now. Now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? Then say amen. amen. Say there is no condemnation for me. Amen. So for the death that he died, this is Romans 6, for the death that he died, Jesus, he died to sin. How many times, church? One time. But the life he lives, he lives to God. How did Jesus die to sin? Did he die to sin because he had sin? No, the Bible says he had no sin. The part that he died to was the condemnation, the judgment, the penalty of sin. And, look, and, and knowing that now, look at this. Likewise, that means just like that, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. It's not talking about dead to sin that, that you'll never sin anymore. It's talking about you got to know there's no more judgment for you, church. There's no more penalty for you. There's no more condemnation for you. Whoa! I want to smash something. In a good way. Not because I'm angry. That fires me up. Does that fire you up? Do you have people that need to hear that? Yeah, tell them. Go. <laughs> All right, good Lord. All right, all right. Uh, behold the Lord. God with us. What does it mean that God is with us? Because that's important. What does it mean to have God with you? Always go to Scripture to find that out, right? Go to Scripture. So what we're told, there it is. I gave you that question. What we're told, Genesis 39, Joseph, the story of Joseph. Check this out. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there, right? The Lord was with Joseph. That's all you need to know. The Lord was, say it, the Lord was with Joseph. What does it mean to have the Lord with you? Well, look, what does it say? 
And he was a successful man. You know why he's successful? Because the Lord was with him. Now, you can go and do studies. When they sold this brother back in the day, he was completely naked, chained to a post. Nothing on him because they had to examine him to see if there was any disease on him. Naked, sitting there naked, in a chain, as a slave. And the Bible says he's successful. What does that tell us? God makes you that way. God makes you successful. It's not money. It's, it's, not, it's not what you do for a living. It's not your boss. It's not your spouse. It's not your parents. It's the Lord who makes you successful. Some people will say, hey, money is, is great. But listen, I know a lot of rich people that are poor in spirit. And some people say looks will make you happy. Let me tell you something. Trust me, they don't. <laughs> Why y'all laughing? Just being real. I get sad sometimes. That brother had nothing, but the Lord made him successful. That, that, that's for you, church. That's what it means to have the Lord with you. Emmanuel, you are successful. And it's not talking about the word there is prosper. I know that's a bad word. I wish I had my Kevin Hart picture. Listen, let me tell you something. I don't make apologies for the Lord prospering me. Most people think prospering means money. He's always talking about money. That's a, that's a lie from the devil. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I believe that God prospers us. You know why? Because it says so. I wish above all things that you prosper. Well, you can't preach prosperity. Wait, I'm going to preach what the Lord tells me to preach. This is the church he gave me. Bye. <laughs> Amen? And I ain't talking about money. He ain't talking about money. He had nothing. Naked. Not even a bow tie. Nothing. Naked, right? Check this out. It's another thing. So first, he prospers you. Secondly, check this out. Then the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house. He wasn't even like a CEO of the house. He wasn't even anybody up there yet, but he prospered, the, he prospered him, right? He was in the house, and he was successful. What does that say? Even if you're at your work, and you're not who you want to be at your work yet, or you're not, you're not in the position you want yet, you're still successful. Was successful, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw. What did he see? He saw that the Lord was with him. So it's not just you. God blesses other people because they can see the Lord in you. They see God's favor on you. They see it all day long. And how many of you guys can attest to that? That you know that people see the favor of God on you. Because, and it's not bragging. You just know that people see it. When times are tough, who do they come to? Who do they want to pray over them when times are tough? They know that the favor's on you, right? And they could be lost. We ain't talking about Christians. We're talking about people in, like, Vegas, right? They, they can see. When I go to Vegas, they know the Lord's with me. Man, I pray over them machines. I anoint those machines. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. Don't send an email. <laughs> And his master saw the Lord was with him, and the and not just that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to what? There it is again. Prosper. Prosper in his hand. 
everything that Joseph did prospered because the Lord was with him. It's not about Joseph. It's about the Lord being with him. The Lord is with you. Everything we do, sometimes we forget that. We get so caught up in this world. We forget who we are. We forget that wherever we go, the Lord's prospering us. And, and listen, to, if you're dating someone, people, if you're dating and, 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 they, and they break up with you, they are leaving behind a blessing. Because Christ is in you. You're successful. If, if your boss fires you, let me tell you something. Your boss is firing a, ble- a blessing because you are successful. You are prosperous. You will bring prosperity to that job. That's what it says. Amen? Whew. Where am I at? So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. You will find favor in people's sight that aren't saved. You will. That's what it says, right? And, and he served him. And then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from that time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house. For Joseph's sake, the Lord will bless your job, your company, for your sake. The Lord will bless your marriage for your sake. The, the Lord will bless your friendships for your sake. That's what it says. And, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. That's, that's for us, church. We have got to believe that when Emmanuel is with us, that's for us. God is no respecter of persons. He gives that to us freely. Not cheap, freely. One more example. This is it. Second Chronicles 20. This is a battle. Jehoshaphat had a battle. I've preached on this before where there were three different nations coming against them. Three, right? And so they were freaking out. Uh, A prophet stood up and told them what to do. Check this out. You will not need to fight in this battle. You won't need to fight. There's three armies out there waiting to kill us, and you're saying we ain't going to need to fight, right? Uh, Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's Yeshua. That's the name of Jesus. He said, see Jesus who is with you. If you're going through a battle right now, you got to know the Lord is with you. And when the Lord is with you, you are successful in whatever battle that is. Most of the time that battle is right here in our minds. Whoo, stand, I love stand still. Stand still. Position your, what's that position? That's that position. But it goes against our nature because when a battle rises up, we want to do something about it in our flesh. The only thing you can do, the best thing you should do is position yourself. Stand still. I have failed to do that over the last couple weeks. I failed to stand still. But I now know I'm reminded who I am. And beware, Satan, and anybody that gets in front of me because I carry the favor of my father. It's a bad thing to come against a man of God. And not just a man of God, but a man who knows who he is. It's easy to pick us apart when we're weak, but when they know, when they're strong, when they're confident, it's a dangerous thing to come against a man that's that's got Jesus in him. O Judah, Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid. Go out knowing the Lord is with you. He's got you. If there's a battle out there, you got to know he's going before you. Drop down. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed <laughs> the singers. He's like, yo, where's the band? Get them out in front. And the band's like, um, we like to stand behind the big guys with the swords. They're like, no, nah, you go out and sing. They're like, you are crazy. They go, There's three armies out there. You want us to go out there and have a little concert. <laughs> See, it goes against everything we think. But the Lord is beautiful, man, when he uses the weak things of this world to just destroy those who think they're wise. Can you imagine those guys said, they got the choir up there? That sounds good. Should we kill them first? That, right? So what, what happens, right? So, oh, check this out. What, th this is beautiful right here. I've missed this before, but I caught this. this uh, should sing to the Lord. And who should praise the beauty of his holiness? Say that, beauty of his holiness. Who should praise the beauty of his holiness? As they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That right there is the beauty of his holiness. Now watch this. The word mercy there is kased. It's the same word for grace. So praise the Lord for his grace. His favor upon you endures forever. It doesn't go away, church. Forever. That's what is beauty of holiness. Praising his grace. His favor on you. So what happens? Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir and, uh, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. God turned on them. Those people started singing, and then they started fighting each other. I've been in churches where choirs were singing and people were fighting each other. <laughs> I, that was a business meeting I went to when I first started dating Kelly. I was like, this is awesome. Like people getting in people's faces like back in college, man. You're like, what's going to happen? I wasn't quite the person I am today back then. But it was really cool. Thank God that will never happen here. Amen. Because we don't do business meetings. See, I learned. <laughs> Cut them suckers out. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> All right. So they, uh. They, 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 they defeated each other and God prospered them. But what was it? It was the singers. So when you get a battle in front of you, don't just know that the Lord is with you, but start praising him. Start singing out because that's where your enemy's defeated. Praise him for his grace, his favor that's on you forever. His favor causes you to prosper. So when God is with you, and it is always, always to prosper you. Always. That's what Emmanuel means. God with me. What does it mean to have God with me? It means prosper me. <laughs> she don't care, boy. Even if she'd have saw me, she'd have been like, I love that. That's how I am. I'm not affected by stuff. I don't get fired up about stuff. I'm just like, do you believe that, church? Can you see that in Scripture? Every time that the Lord is with you, it's always to prosper you. Always. Don't think money. Think just prosper. You're successful wherever you go. It may involve money. It may not. doesn't matter. Just know you're successful. Whatever you touch, whatever you see, whatever your feet, wherever your feet go, you bring the favor of your Father with you. 
and businesses will be blessed because of you. So, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. You have got to know what God with you means, church. I didn't know it. I didn't know it before. I know now. I know what it means to have the Lord with me. I am successful. It doesn't matter if I'm homeless. I'm successful because the Lord's with me. Joseph was a slave, had nothing. He was successful. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus is with you in power. Emmanuel, the L, whenever the L is separated, that means it's the power of God, right? So Emmanuel, it literally means with us is God. With us is the power of God. So whenever Jesus is with you, he's with you in power. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. We got to know that. That way the enemy doesn't get up in here and make us forget. Man, when something comes on you, stand still. Position yourself. If you got a teammate, a brother, if you got a sister, if you got a family member who's in a battle, say, hey, let's position ourselves. You know what that looks like, church? Let's bow our heads and give thanks. Hey, let's sing a little song. Because when we start singing about how good he is, the grace that's been given to us, man, they'll fight themselves. They'll destroy themselves. Out of their own mouth, they'll destroy themselves. Lastly, yet in all these things, we are more, you're not just conquerors, church. You are more than conquerors, more through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, death nor life, that's important, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, or things that to come, nor height, nor debt, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord that's what Christmas is all about Christ was given to us as a baby he came Emmanuel God with us the son of God came down now he's with us now he can experience what we experience even without sin he can now take on sin sin he didn't deserve but he took it for you. Merry Christmas. That's what Christmas is all about, church. You got to remember that Emmanuel, God with us, you have power that you probably didn't even know about. Power has been locked up inside of you. It's there. The light never went out. It's there. We just got to crank it back up. You know how you crank it back up? You get around other people that believe the same thing. You get around other people that encourage you, remind you who you are, remind you whose you are, remind you the power that's been given to you so you can walk out of here, not defeated, but walk out of here more than a conqueror. I'm just clicking on stuff. It's like the Lord wants us to go back and review something. Y'all like, please, God, no. <laughs> All right, hey, I'm going to bring Pastor D up. He's going to pray us out. I just want to say Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. My family, me and my family, man, we are so, so thankful to be a part of this church. We thank you guys for your, 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 uh, your provision that God gives to, through you. We thank you for encouraging us when we're down. And uh, I just I feel like I need to take this time right now to, to say that, uh, that this man right here, I consider him one of my best friends. 
He changed my life. He does it every day. And I, we would not be here if it wasn't for him and his family. And uh, I just want to say I love you, brother. I really do. I mean it. I love you. I'm so thankful that God put me here with you. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again, God, for allowing us to come together and to gather in your name, Father. We thank you for being in our midst today. We thank you, Father, for just being present, Father, and for touching us and, and healing us and, and, and causing us, Father, to be encouraged, Father, by your word today. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Emmanuel, God with us, the God who is in us. We thank you, Father, there's no place we can go, no matter how hard, how dark it is, Father, and be alone. Because you are always with us for your word, your promises that you would never leave nor forsake us. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for your word that is so true. We thank you, Father, for shining your light upon us and for just allowing us to commune with you and have relationship through your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Father, again, for the spirit of truth that lives on the inside of us, who leads us and guides us into all righteousness and all truth, God. And we thank you that as we leave this place today, we take this message of hope, this message of love. This message that empowers and encourages and strengthens. Father, we just bless you and thank you for what you do through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for your grace that is sufficient for, sufficient for us. We ask, God, that you watch over us as we leave this place. And just give us traveling mercies, Father, as we go to and from to see family and friends, oh God. We thank you for just allowing us to just take this message of hope with us, Father, and to touch lives, to be a blessing. For your word says that you have blessed us to be a blessing. So, God, we thank you for every divine appointment that you give us, every opportunity you give us to, to be your glory in the earth, Father. We thank you and we bless you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray that the church say amen. 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 We are dismissed.